This is the fourth chapter of the book, Find It. The chapter is called Group, and this is Tools for Discipleship Groups. Groups have such diversity. They can center around reading, formation, study, or poetry. They can center around crafts, painting, cooking, or exercise. The only important thing is that there is an opportunity for communication about the spiritual life of each individual each week, and that there is some kind of prayer involved. Someone can read a prayer, you can pray spontaneously, or just sit in silence, but it's important to pray together. I tell my congregation that small groups are like blind dates. Try each other out. You may not be a good fit, and that's okay. Some groups bond for life. Others meet for a season and then disband. And still others are mysteriously like oil and water and simply don't take. All of that is fine. Just let the spirit move and follow your instincts. And if a group doesn't work out, don't give up. Try again, just like you would try another blind date. You will find your people or the people that God has chosen to walk with you for a while. Once a group is up and running, it will take on a life of its own, and you will learn what it means to be in community. In a way, small groups are most like what Jesus experienced with the disciples. Church was originally very small, 12 and Jesus. So start there. God is so present there. I recommend no more than four or five if you plan to meet for one hour once a week. Any more than that, and you will not have adequate time to share and to know one another deeply. Any less than that, and you will not experience the breadth of community. Find your sweet spot, and if you get too large, make the decision to split in two. I know that this is a bit heartbreaking, but it is essential that each individual has the time and full attention of the group, or God's work cannot be adequately accomplished. Personal gratification or pleasing others must come second to the boundaries of an effective community group setting. Please be firm about this. Have the courage to limit your numbers, but do not reject anyone who wants to group with you without giving them another opportunity to meet with others. There should be no rejection, only redirecting into other groups. God wants all of us to gather. There may come a time when a person is introduced to the group and that person cannot abide by the rules of confidentiality or that person simply cannot share appropriately and give others a chance to share. In this case, one of you must take the role of facilitator and address this person's behavior. If the person doesn't stop behaving in this way, it may be that this person cannot be part of the group. This can be very hard, but no group should sacrifice itself for any one individual. And if one person is dominating every week with personal issues or concerns to the point that others cannot share, that person must be reined in or leave. Jesus speaks very clearly about group dynamics, reconciliation, and eventually even departure in the Gospels. One individual who cannot behave must not sabotage an entire community. Groups must be protected as one would protect an innocent child. If 
Boundaries and appropriate behavior are necessary for the group to thrive. And just like individuals, groups can become ill and even infectious if the boundaries of confidentiality, sharing, and acceptance are not upheld. Remember that we are in a spiritual battle here, and sometimes the darkness must be fought head-on with the appropriate kinds of facilitation and direction. Do not be afraid to stand up for the health and the safety of all members, both psychologically and spiritually. Remember that Jesus had to walk away from people. He had to say no when people would not listen or let themselves be healed. Jesus tells us how to address issues within a community, and if a person cannot be reasoned with, then they must be sent away. This is not cruelty, but simply placing the welfare of the group over any one individual. To do otherwise is to sacrifice God's will for the community in order to please or placate one person. This doesn't help the person or the community. Boundaries are vital for protecting each other and the group. Grouping is by far the most neglected and forgotten part of the Christian life. Jesus chose to travel with his disciples, and he did this intentionally. It was a vital part of his ministry and his own personal support system. Jesus brought these folks with him everywhere, and he also sent them away for periods of time and then called them back to him. He would send them out two by two, and when they returned, they would share the events of the day and the experiences that they had had. This process of sending forth and then gathering was repeated over and over again. Jesus knew that the best kind of spiritual growth and reflection happens when a group of people gather to pray, learn and reflect together. Then they go out into the world to minister and live, only to return and pray and share once more. 